This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome back to My Talk 1071. We are delighted. We have Joanna Coles joining us and she was the editor-in-chief of Cosmo Magazine, which has always been one of our favorite magazine, and then went to be the basically like the chief content for all of Hearst. And I don't know how many books you've written, Joanna, but Love Rules, we're loving it. Oh, thank you. Well, actually, this is my first real book. It so is. I'm thrilled to hear that because it took a lot of effort to write. And Joanna, we know you because, um, well, at least I did. I don't know if Julia did, but I watched So Cosmo on E! And we loved the bold type on yes. Freeform. Which, oh, good. Yeah. Good. So, so this is a love fest. I'm y- coming back on your show. Yes, <laughs> oh, well. I know. So why did, why did you want to write this book? Well, I wrote the book because over my time at both Marie Claire and Cosmo, I spoke to hundreds of women, many in their 20s and 30s, but a lot of women also looking for love, getting divorced, widowed, getting back out there again. And they were all finding the landscape difficult to navigate, especially the digital landscape where digital apps offer so much opportunity to meet people and the highs of them are great. You only have to look at the uh, local marriage vows to see where people met and at least a quarter of them meet on dating apps now. But the flip side of dating apps can make people feel very interchangeable and uh, as if this is utterly transactional and the human element feels like it's slipped away. So it was really a book to reassure people that falling in love is still fun. It should be the most exciting thing that you do, that dating should be fun and not a chore, and that apps are one arrow in your quiver of finding someone who hopefully, if you're looking for a life partner, will become that person. It's it's interesting, you know, because Lori's married to my brother, no less, Joanna, and I'm single, and I've been divorced for about four years, and when you talk about the um, taking the human face or the humanity well, kind of Well, the last time of, you dated in the 80s, yeah. there was no there none was of this none online of this. stuff. Right. But you right. do get dating ADD. I you mean, do. Because you, you do. can have as many opportunities you want. Well, you, and I think one of the problems for people is they feel there might be someone better out there, and so it's hard to commit. Yeah. And I, I think that the best way to use dating apps is not to think that you're automatically going to find the one if you just land on the right profile or the right face, but to think of them as a way of expanding your actual network of friends. Uh, and apps 
absolutely key is not spending a huge amount of time in flirty text exchanges with people, even if that's a fun thing to do, because you don't really know the person you're having the exchange with. And I can't tell you the number of people I talk to, both men and women, who'd, you know, had... 200, 500, 2,000 texts with someone thought that they knew who they were texting and then they would eventually meet them, sit down opposite them in a bar, take one look at them and think, oh my goodness, this is not what I thought I was talking. This is not who I thought I was talking to. And both parties go, I don't want to waste any more of your time. Let's not even bother having a drink. And that's so crushing, the disappointment, the waste and the of time. time. Yeah, yes. the time. It's a waste of time. I have a deal where you like, you know, let's get off this. Here's my number. Call me. Yeah. Yes. You Good. can tell well, from a voice. That's brilliant. Just because it takes too much time. I don't want to say hi, 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 blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Well, right. I think you make a good point. Um, uh, we're talking with Joanna Coles in the book, Love Rules, How to Find a Real Relationship in a Digital World. But your point is, just as there is junk food, there is junk love. Yes. And well, I like that analogy. Good, because I, I've written the book as a diet book, because I think women think about food all the time. Uh, and every bite has a sort of calorific value to it. And women are so good at constantly thinking about that. And yet, I think we think about our love lives less. And yet, as you pointed out, I make the junk food analogy. Mm-hmm. And, and love and food have so much in common. We can't live without them. They're a source of enormous excitement and and greatness when they're done well. Um, but it's easy to get into bad habits and end up feeling crummy about yourself. And that's not the goal. And I talk about, um, you know, setting a realistic love weight, thinking about what you want. Right. Uh, and it's And I'm trying to say... You know, it's not going to happen overnight. If you want to lose 40 pounds, we've all done that thing where we're like, I'm not going to eat for six days, and at the end of it, I'll be the, I'll be the size I want to be. And we know that's not true, and a day later, you're mainlining any carb you can get hold of. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so this is not about finding the one in the next two days. That's not going to happen. It's about thinking realistically about who's already in your world, who might be hiding in plain sight, and how do you get a bigger life because not only will that make you happier and more satisfied, but you are more likely to find someone to share it with. You know, and I, I just really, I, I read the whole book, and um, I really wish I would have had it a couple years ago. <laughs> I know. It could have, because one of she the She was things, a dating toddler, Joanna, just lurching <laughs> around out there. But I mean, it's it brutal. does make you stop and think, you know, what do I really want? And then well, that, that just, you pause it right there. Well, there's a lot of worksheets in the Mm -hmm. book for people to fill out. And I think that we spend a lot of time filling our moments of solitude where we feel uncomfortable about our lives with everything from watching, you know, binge watching Netflix or Amazon to constantly texting or liking people's, you know, photos or whatever, people that we don't even know, mm-hmm. to stop ourselves actually thinking about what do we want in our life. We're very frightened, I think, of being self-reflecting, uh, self-reflective and acknowledging what's not working. And so I think if you can bear to do that and if you can get through the panic of putting your phone down and feeling unconnected to everybody, even for half an hour you can learn a lot about yourself and about where you may be going down the wrong street.
Well, then you talk about it kind of like with the diet, you know, what are my triggers? What are my, you call it emotional calories versus healthy calories? Right. Well, and I I think we all know that moment and I liken it to the four o'clock energy slump in the afternoon yes. where, you know, you probably haven't had quite enough for lunch. You're hungry. You need instant gratification and you reach for the donut. And in the book, I substitute the donut for that moment when it might be Saturday night. You don't have any plans. You're feeling lonely. You want the comfort of somebody you know. Maybe you want some instant gratification. And you, you, know, you sleep with the ex or you call the ex. And for half an hour, you have a great connection. And then 45 minutes later, you're like, oh, why did I do that? You haven't solved anything. And you're still hungry. And I, I really think it's about where do you want to spend your emotional calories? And we all know that if you eat a donut at four o'clock, at five o'clock, you're going to be feeling annoyed with yourself and full of remorse. And if only you'd had some almonds and a piece of cheese and an apple, <laughs> you'd be feeling great. And yet, what is it that makes us eat the donut even when we know we shouldn't? So it's pinpointing what triggers you. In my case, it's always not having had enough to eat at lunch because I think if I just have a salad at lunch, I'll be fine. And then, of course, at four o'clock, I'm absolutely ravenous. Right, yeah. Um, so it's sort of thinking about your life through, through that lens. And, you know, if you're going to have to go to a party on your own, maybe you don't drink too much ahead of time so that your red flag meters don't go down right um, you know or, or maybe you, you know if you're trying to figure out do you like someone ask yourself can you have sex with this person sober is this someone you always have to be drunk to have sex with and i think one of the more alarming things that I discovered talking to people really across the whole country was this sense in which there's a lot of drinking going on, a lot of hooking up, which mm-hmm. is absolutely fine if you want to hook up. But hooking up is not fine if what you're trying to do is have a relationship with someone. And so I think there's a lot of drinking going on as, as a way of self-medicating um, when you're in the wrong situation. Yeah, and I do like how you give us basically like 15 life hacks in very and you're very pointed in your advice and I like it that you've gone out and you've talked to people because I do think that you're right that there is a lot of uh, blanketing in booze in order for people that maybe haven't dated in a long time they've been yeah. in a long time thing and so they're so nervous about it and then like you said your red flag uh, monitor just takes a dive and then the next thing you know you're having you know, hangover remorse about, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the sex you had. Yeah, well, you know, there's nothing worse than an emotional hangover when you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh, why did I do that? I wouldn't have done it if I was sober. And I think, to your point, it's very alarming. If you've been married for 15 years and, you know, you're now widowed or you're now divorced, Mm -hmm. you have to get back out there. It's terrifying to take your clothes off with a stranger. And and it's probably unlikely that you're going to have good sex on your first night too, Um, which I think comes as a surprise to certainly a lot of younger readers who are looking for love because they've often grown up on a diet of porn, Porn. which is so easily available now. And, of course, porn as default sex education makes it look as if sex is always all orgasmic and always pleasurable um, no matter when and how uh, you have it and of course we know that's not true so I think you know challenging yourself to have sex sober is is a great way to start with someone and not always having to have sex with them on the first night and one of the things that I heard that 
also prompted me to write the book was a lot of women said they felt that they were almost competing with porn. It's so readily available now. Yeah. Oh, and, that's sad. Yeah, and I wanted to remind people that all of this should be fun. It's the best feeling in the world mm-hmm. to be in love with someone. And it makes you feel alive and excited, and we don't want it to feel like a chore. Yes. I think the book, it's how to find... A real relationship in a digital world, love rules, Joanna calls. It's a great book. It really is. And and you really do help people because it is a whole new scenery if you haven't been out there before. And even if you're in it, you know, how much time do you spend texting back the right thing after a date? Yeah, what should you say? Great it's great advice. And, it I, and I, we love that you like you went to the experts too to, you know, get some of your like even on the porn, you know, what is that maybe the most unbelievable social experiment? We don't yet know how yes. it's impacting yes. us. Yes, absolutely right. Gail Dines. We have a lot of research in the book. We have a lot of science mm-hmm. around what digital behavior does. And actually, one of the people that um, does incredibly interesting research on what happens to you when you spend a lot of time communicating online, um, Mary Aitken, she talks about... Um, how when you're texting back and forth with someone you don't know, you think that you know them Mm -hmm. and you start filling in the gaps with positive attributes. So if you do actually get offline and meet them, you both have expectations that are completely different to the reality. And A, that's disappointing. But B, to go back to your point, what a waste of time. Oh, it's gross. And it's so hard for people to pick up the phone. And I know you said you did pick up the phone. I which do. I'm thrilled to hear because a lot of people would rather stab themselves in the eye than pick up the yeah. phone. And yet you will know immediately after. Yeah. Because the voice, the voice will yeah. even set you off. It's, it's one of my things. We love your book. It's so, what a treat to talk to you. And... Um, We'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Good luck. Follow the rules. Follow well, the rules. And let's I, talk again in three months because I, I have want a lot to know of that notes, honey. And we I took and, a lot and, of and, notes. And Joanna, Minnesota needs us because we read this study once that Minnesota has the loneliest women and the shyest men. So oh, how funny, really? I, yeah. yeah. So it, we need to get this book out there. Yeah. I don't want anybody to feel shy or lonely. You know, Britain has just appointed its first loneliness minister. So maybe Minnesota needs, you know, the local, oh. you know, the state government needs to appoint a, a loneliness minister. Well, your book can be the honorary ambassador yes. in the meantime. I'll, I'll settle for that. All right, Joanna, thank you so much for being with us. It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much, and good luck. Okay, thank you. Thank you. 651 We've got a couple copies of the book to give away how to find a real relationship in a digital world love rules fantastic book